The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Latter-day Lives podcast. My name is Sean Rapier. So glad you decided to check in with us again this week. This is episode number 42, and my guest this week is Rob Foray. He is a very well-known DJ. He does incredibly huge corporate events and tours all over the country DJing and working with other DJs, and he's got other DJs he mentors who work for him, and he's also a very well-known public speaker. He speaks to large companies and organizations, giving them a message of inspiration and hope, and he's just a very motivating guy. I just, I love hanging out with Rob. We've gotten the chance to hang out a couple times now, and uh, his energy is just so contagious. He's an amazing guy, and that is coming up. And this week in my Latter-day Life, I'm going to tell you a little bit about trying to share the gospel over very, very authentic Colombian coffee. Uh, I didn't drink any, spoiler alert, but uh, that's all coming up after the conversation. And so uh, that's what we've got coming up for you. But before we get into this week's actual show, I just wanted to share uh, some exciting news that we have. Ten episodes from now, we are going to hit our one-year mark. Ten episodes away from one year. So we were trying to decide, what do we want to do for our one-year episode? And I was talking to our good friend Nick Galletti over at LDS Mission Cast, and he suggested maybe we play some clips or have some people back, maybe. But one of the things we agreed on, too, is that we'd like to get some listener feedback. And so if you have a question about the show, about how it started, about how we do it each week, about how we find guests, if you have a question about a specific guest, we still have time to reach out to them, something you didn't hear in the interview or would like follow-up on, or if you've just got feedback, just a comment on the show or on uh, a specific episode that you like, whatever, if you could send it to us, we're going to read all of those. I get comments or messages from you almost every week. I rarely read them because they're usually personal, and I so appreciate you sharing those with me. But this time, if you'll send it just saying, hey, this is okay to read on the air, here's my question, and uh, we'll share that. And hopefully we'll do something a little bit fun for our one-year anniversary. And I again, I cannot believe we're coming up on a year. Thank you so much for all of the support. Okay, enough of all that. Let's move on to such a great show that we've got for you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation. And my guest on the podcast today is a very well-known speaker, entertainer, and world-famous DJ, Mr. Rob Foray. <laughs> Rob, how are you? Thank you. Thank you. Wow, you have uh, exceedingly uh, upped my my credibility around the world. And so I'm relatively known here You're in Utah. You're very well-known, not just here in Utah. <laughs> In fact, getting ready for the interview, I was looking on Facebook. We yes. have some mutual friends yes. okay. who, who are, are DJs. About? Yes. Who I didn't even know you knew. It's like you're so wired in the DJ community. Well, who, for example? So uh, Curtis Whipple is one. Of course. Yes. You, you know Curtis? I know Curtis well. He's a good friend of mine. We He's were in a the member same, of our tribe. We were in the same single adult ward wow. in uh, Riverside, California. So. He is an amazing talent. He lives down in Phoenix. So yeah, for all our friends in Phoenix, hire Curtis Whipple for your wedding. For sure, for sure. Yeah, Curtis is incredibly talented and such a fun guy. 
the the president of the American Disc Jockey Association. Yeah, Mormon. Really? We're going to be roommates here in a couple of days at no the next way. DJ conference. Oh, and that's so fantastic. I said to him, he's, he wanted to be roommates. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not the best roommate. I'm a little sloppy. I, I get up early. I do this. I do that. And he's like, we both went on mission, so it's all right. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it's fun. It's so fun to find people who you come across in the business world, and you're like, oh, we're part of the same tribe. Yeah, isn't that you know? fun? Yeah. It was, I was in Las Vegas for a trade show in January, Yeah, and we were talking, and someone was saying how, you know, oh, I guess Vegas is no place for Mormons. And we had, we had Ken and Katie Craig on a few weeks ago who were living yeah. in Vegas. And yeah. It's a great place for Mormons. But they were like, yeah, but on this trip, there's nothing. And I said, oh, hey. gosh. I said, Cascade. Come on, Cascade is Mormon. I mean, yep. one of the biggest artists in the world. Donnie Marie have a show. They have a show right on. Yeah, I I say we don't give up that stuff. So I think I think that's really cool, Rob. And on that point, I, I I it really makes me cringe to think people shut out certain things because they have this preconceived notion of what certain entertainment is. The wonderful thing right now is that if you go into something not knowing what you're going into, that's your own fault. Yeah. In this day and age, I mean, yeah. you know, we've got the internet, we've got common sense media, you got all kinds of reviews and different yeah. things and and you're going to find you're going to find what it is you're looking for. So Rob, where are you <laughs> from? Where did where did all this begin? This began in uh Princeton Avenue in the in the Yellcrest area of Salt Lake City. Wow, okay. I don't know where that is. Well, we had an I had an apostle growing up in my ward. Actually, what? not a, not an apostle. He's now the first counselor of the presidency. President Oaks was in your ward growing yeah. up, and he would he would talk every Christmas. No you know, way! It was amazing. He's and then, so awesome. And just up from the street from us, I don't remember this. Uh, President Kimball lived up the street from us. Wow. My name, my middle name, namesake, Robert Spencer Baker Foray Spencer. For that him. is awesome. And then right below us, in our same stake, Russell M. Nelson was in our stake. Holy cow! What a stake! What and an area! The the court uh, around the block from me, Governor Mike Levitt. Holy cow! So this was like the neighborhood. Oh yeah, and then down the street was the Supreme Court Justice for Utah, uh, Christine Durham, and so we had like quite a powerhouse ward. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Now, do you remember President? How old are you? I am thirty nine. I'll be 39? forty. I'll be forty. forty. Yeah, I'll be forty in October. Yeah. So. So you probably don't remember President Kimball, really. Not much. I yeah. don't. He's the first prophet I really remember. I remember him. Yeah, I kind of... He yeah. was a prophet when I got baptized. But so. if I if there's a prophet I embrace, yeah. it's Hinckley. Yeah, And sure. speaking of Hinckley, I mean, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just name dropping. Yes, name I'm name Mormon drop name away. dropping. Mormon name drop away. I know, but but it's where I grew up. But That's the point of this show. It's yeah. all name dropping. It's good. <laughs> um, uh, I was in Madrigals, and this was another thing. I went to East High School, where what was filmed? Oh, was that where We're High School Musical? This yeah. Get, yeah, East High, high school, school Musical was yeah. filmed there. Wow, in high school. The story of Zac Efron's based on me. What? I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, Come on. <laughs> I I was going to go with you after everything you've already said. You built up so much credibility. No, I didn't play basketball. That no. was my life story. It was my life story. We High literally walked around singing and dancing. Yeah. <laughs> you know this that fateful <laughs> night on New Year's Eve when I, I love met it. I my love girlfriend. It. <laughs> no, I no. It was not nowhere near. I was actually the super fan at my high school. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. 
I was in Madrigals, which is a choir. Okay. My partner was Jody Hinckley. Wow. Yeah. So she was the daughter, granddaughter of President Hinckley. Amazing. And so I always said to her, I would love to meet your grandpa. And she's like, okay. One day we'll make it happen. So she texts, she calls me one day. It was a Sunday. My grandpa's over here for Sunday dinner. You, if you get over here really quickly, you can say hello. I get in my car, of go over. You do. Yes. <laughs> I pull up to the house. He's walking out the door. Hi, I'm Rob. Hi, right, good to meet you. Like he was tired. He's like, <laughs> see you later. Bye. It was like, it was like, oh, yeah. that's amazing yeah. though. But oh. the time I met President Monson, I go up to him. I saw him at Grand America. No, no, wow. Little America. Yeah. And I say, is it, is it all right if I, if I could shake your hand? And you shall. And shake his <laughs> hand. And it was great. So, That's a perfect way to put it. So I, I've met many, uh, many a president, and, and, and it's, it's a real blessing, it's, and I'm really lucky to get to live where I do and yeah. be a part of the community that I am. And so I'm kind of ingrained into this culture just because of where I live. And so yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to brag, but it's just... That's, Isn't it this great, is, though? This no, is what I grew I up with. I don't take it as as bragging. I think that yeah. it's so unique. You know, we have uh, a lot of listeners outside of the U.S. We have yeah. listeners in uh, uh, quite a few in Vietnam, right. for some reason, and, and a lot in the U.K. Yeah. So hello to our U.K. listeners. But, you know, my, my mom uh, was a teenager in the U.K. Yeah. And, uh, you know... Th- especially back then there was sort of this lack of the church being there. I think the internet satellites, other things help it reach there now. But the difference between living in Utah where we live and knowing that, you know, at BYU, someone's speaking and up at the U and up at the conference center and we're in the middle of it all, I think is a real blessing. Yeah. And, you know, those members that don't get that contact. And when they do, they just, they celebrate and they revere it. And, and sometimes we take it for granted being here in Zion, as uh, my friend Colin Karchner would say, who Zion. you need to get him on the podcast. Oh, okay, great. He's a great influencer. Love to. Amazing guy. Um, but Zion. Zion. It's, it's spelled Z-I-A-W-N. Zion. Zion. I yeah. love it. But yeah. But that's where I grew up. I, and I went to Southern Utah University after, after high school. Which is where my son goes now. Great school. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. T-Bird's. Great school. Yeah. Um, if you live in Utah, it's a great school because, you know, it's not too far away, but it's just far enough to w- away. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you can get away, but still... Be connected. And the climate is very similar to Salt Lake. Yes, it is. Yeah. People think like, oh, well, Southern Utah. No, well, you got to go other 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. You got to go 45 minutes south. Sure. Um, I also served a mission in the Canary Islands. So tell us about the Canary Islands. Yeah. So it was a part of... Well, it was on mission back then. You know that was twenty years ago. Wow, I yeah, I embarked. Man. I embarked on my uh, mission about twenty years ago. I was in the MTC, and here's the th- interesting thing about the MTC: I loved my MTC experience. So did I. I, I absolutely. Loved it. I didn't want to leave. Yeah, I loved it so much. And we're gonna. I'm gonna pull back the curtain. I'm gonna get vulnerable here. I, when I left the MTC, you know that bus ride from the MTC to the airport. Yeah, I cried the entire way. It was weird, uncontrollable, and I think it was just like the reality of what was about to happen, mm. you know? And so uh, Canary Islands are a part of Spain, off the coast of Morocco. Incredible. So whenever I talk about it, people go, wow, wow, that must wow. be really That's neat. It's, it, it, you go to the Canary Islands, it looks a lot like Utah in some parts. Really? Closer you get to Morocco, the islands, they're deserts. 
the mm. desert islands because it's off the coast of Africa. Yeah. And so it's a very diverse group of islands. They're volcanic islands. There's about seven there. What did you speak on your mission? Allí en la misión hablamos el español. Yeah, because it's part of Spain. Yeah. So a uh, series. Was it thinking all Spanish? I'm trying to talk. Yeah, it was all Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, it was Spanish. It was, it's Spain. It's the yeah. country of Spain. It's, so it's basically like the Hawaiian Islands. Yeah. You could, but not so it's like tropical. Spain, but without the lisp. Yes. But when you meet people with the lisp, you're like, ooh, you're from the peninsula. Oh, yes. yeah. Yes, I'm a peninsulare. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. Um, and I'm going to put it this bluntly. Um, do you remember the, there was a gray book um, that you would learn from in the MTC, and we called it El Libro Gris. And they mm, had examples. I don't remember that. It might be after your time, and they said, uh, yeah. Uh, it, what were the terms? Like, doing this is efficient. Doing this is not efficient. And I'm trying to think of it in, Spanish, in English, but it said ineficaz or eficaz. Yeah, well, which is efficient and not, not efficient. efficient. And so they give you examples. Yeah. Like, doing it this way is efficient. I would say doing the work in Spain was ineficaz. <laughs> just generally. No, I'm going to tell you. generally ineficaz. It was very, because what I did was I would go door to door. They would have what are called timbres, which are doorbells. On the outside, they'd have a wall. Yeah. Press the timbre to even get to their house or to the apartment. And yeah. you just do that, and you're like, meh. Somos misioneros de la iglesia de Jesucristo, you know. And yeah. they're like, nope, no me interesa. No. No. And yeah. it's just like, meh. Hi, we're missionaries. No, no thanks. So we change it. Hi, we have a book on Christ. Uh, I'm I'm getting ready for lunch. And here's the thing about Spain. They have siesta. Yeah. Two to four. Yeah, they're on my mission too. And so you get to about one o'clock and like it's over. Like they're getting ready for lunch. Like, yeah, yeah I'm getting, I'm, I'm cleaning, I'm, I'm cooking. cooking. Yeah. And it's like, can we just, no. And so it was like, okay, well, let's start walking home at one thirty. Well, and okay, so I would say there are more efficaz and less efficaz way to proselyte. Right. But you can't judge the overall efficaz of a mission right. on the results. Right. I mean, and it's not the result. You're here. So you had to get creative. Yeah. And so, and so what we did was try to serve. Mm. And you serve the members, you know, and I'm going to be talking about this later, but, and so I'm not like ragging on the mission or the, the experiences, but you have to find ways to do it that's sure. out of the box. Right. Because sometimes, you know, your mission president's not out there doing the grind. And so we had to figure out ways. And for me, I think it's about member retention and perfecting the saints, you know? Yeah. I'm. There were there was nobody that really wanted to learn from us, but you know I got lucky enough to have a baptism at the very end of my mission. I had one. Right? See, that's awesome. But and you know and they're still part of the church. At least you know there were two sisters. One of them is still part of the church, and that's so that's great. But but the idea is to create relationships and cultivate those relationships, and so sure it was a fun mission. That's awesome. Yeah, you get home from your mission, then where'd you go? And I, I went to SEU again, you know, Back went to there SUU. for three years. Yeah. And then... What um, was your degree in? Broadcast communication. I wanted yeah. to be on TV. Yeah. And uh, wanted to do sports. Which like, you like, are on TV now regularly, but not doing sports. Well, I, I make appearances. Yeah. For my business. Exactly. Um, but when it comes to that, I, uh, <clears throat> I, I wanted to be on ESPN. Like, that was the dream job. You'd be good at that. Yeah. You'd be a good ESPN guy. 
but I did not do the right internship. So for all the kids out there that are looking on their second part of life, pick the right internship to really to leap. Yeah. Did you do an internship? Yeah, I did it at uh, the the Lord's TV station, KSL. KSL, <laughs> the Lord's channel. <laughs> the Lord's channel. And I was I gonna it. I was gonna argue it, but the fact they show conference. Yes. I can't argue. Right. Um, How was the KSL experience? That was good. I I worked with Alema Harrington. He's oh part very of the, cool. He's part yeah. of our tribe. Um, but. I did it my sophomore year. I didn't do it my senior mm. year. So doing an internship your senior year leaps you into the career that you want to be. So for our listeners outside of Utah, KSL is the NBC affiliate here in uh, Utah, and it's owned by the church. Yep. Bonneville Communications. Bonneville Communications, yeah. And so, so you you finish college. You want to go to ESPN, but you don't see that happening. No. So, so what did I do? So what did you do? I decided to take an internship. For the mouse, Mickey Mouse, that is, at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. And so I thought it was cool, too. So I packed my bags, put everything in my car, and I drive across the country. You drove out to Orlando. Of course. So cool. Because you need to have your car there. Exactly. So I drove there, and I I got my position as an intern. Yeah. so excited. You're working in operations and attractions. Woo, okay. So it's like opening up a mission call. Yeah. You know, you oh, get they're going to tell you where you're going. Yeah. So, you know, you get, they give you your papers. Sure. And then you open up uh, attractions and operations. And I'm like, cool. And then you see. That sounds cool, by the right? way. Right. And then you see wh- which park you're at. Okay. Yeah. So you, you, you get a position, you get a park. I was at MGM Studios, which is now Hollywood Studios. It's now Hollywood Studios. And then the next thing I open up is my position. Yeah. And my position. Yes. Yes. Was working in the parking lot. What? How is that an internship? That's <laughs> it's not, not fair. That no. can't be right. They have two internships called the professional internship and the college program. I did the college program, which put you on the front lines. The so prof- they can they can pretty much put you anywhere. Yes. The professional the internship. Parking lot, and they call it an internship. Yes. Oh, that's crazy. It's terrible. That's awful. But the professional internship works with your field of choice, right? But my recruiter did not give me that option. Uh, but what did it do? Created character, it gave me the opportunities to what I'm doing today. And so, is there if I kind of turn back the clock and, and I yes, hope we don't go means. over time here? No, you're good. You're good. Um, as a child, I saw this show, and I don't know if we talked about this. Do you know who James Arrington is? Uh, yes. He did a show called The Farley Family. The Farley Family, family Reunion. Reunion, yeah. Which is amazing. Um, yeah, he plays all the characters in a family reunion. It's a one man Incredibly talented guy. Yes. And he, he does like a return missionary. Yeah. He does a grandpa. Grandma, yeah. Grandpa, whole, kids. Whole nine yards. And so in the middle of this show, I saw this as a child. And I don't know if you've ever been to like a show where a seminal moment where somebody spoke to you or something. <laughs> he does this magic show in the middle of oh, the Farley family reunion. I have not seen that. And so the premise is... The grandpa introduces and he says, we have brought in a magician. And so he goes, changes, comes back out and does this magic show. What the magic show is, it's completely fake. It's just finger tricks. So like, okay. And he sings oh, the song. Oh, I have seen yeah, this. Da, 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 yeah, da, I have da, seen da, da. this. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, all, it's all a farce. It's all silly, just stuff yes. he does with his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was inspired. Yeah. We bought the VHS tape. I studied I watched that tape over and over and over <laughs> again. And I had the opportunity to perform that magic show in fifth grade. And we had like a medieval day. And I said, I'm going to be the court jester and I'm going to do this magic show. Awesome. How fun. First time I ever performed it. Second time I performed it in Orlando, Florida. On a sixth grade trip, 
by the hot tub. But I digress. <laughs> but I kept performing that stupid magic show. I yeah. performed it in high school. And then I even performed it at the MTC. Awesome. I'm at the MTC. Fire alarm goes off. Everybody's out side just hanging out they're all standing in the parking lot just bored so they start singing what uh the spirit of god like a fire is burning because the fire yeah, alarm went off sure. right <laughs> but what i decided to do was grab my gloves i take them wherever i go and my bow tie and some props and i come out and i perform the polish magic show at the mtc, MTC in the parking unbelievable. lot unbelievable right how fun I also performed it on my mission multiple times. Yeah, people must have loved it. Yeah, and I, well, the little kids don't, but the adults do. Sure. And I performed it at uh, zone conferences. And so I was known for this. Did you get to perform it at Disney? So the reason I tell you that is because that stupid, silly magic show opened so many doors for me. Yeah. So I'm at the end of my college program. This is May 2004. Okay. They have a talent show. I decided, why don't I do the Polish Magic Show? I even did the Polish Magic Show at SUU, and I won Mr. SUU because of that talent, <laughs> right? You were Mr. SUU. Right. And so I owe so much to James Arrington. He has no idea how many doors this is open. Isn't that incredible? Me, right? And, uh, and so I do this magic show at the Disney College Program Night of Stars, and I perform this at the talent show. Cool. I, I win, I win, you know, the award. I win first place, awesome. right? And everybody's going crazy. And folks, if you're wondering about this magic show, it's actually online. Oh, yeah. That performance that I did at Disney. Really? Rob Foray, Polish Magic. Google Rob it. Rob Foray, Polish Magic. Watch the YouTube video. It's four minutes. You'll see how silly and dumb it is. Cool, cool. So I do that. I win the award. The guy that was DJing that night saw me. He had an impression on me, Right. So there's so many church ties to this. Yeah. So I go to another event, a graduation event. He's DJing at that event. And I'm there with another friend of our tribe. Her name was Becky. And we were both, you know, Mormon kids. And we, sure. we connected out there because we went to church together. We're at the graduation event. And, I, and he starts playing music and I start requesting songs. And I was like, hey, can you play this song and this song? And I was requesting EFY line dance songs. Nice. And I'm teaching it to other people. How fun. And so I'm teaching, because I was an EFY counselor too. Okay, yeah. So it all, it all, it it all, all, all these talents get yeah. pulled together. Right. I was an EFY counselor for two years. Yeah. Loved that experience. I even did the magic show at EFY. Awesome. Anyway, so I'm doing this line dance stuff with all these people around, and he looks at me and he goes, have you ever thought about being a DJ? The DJ says. Those me, are those moments. Right. And I said, well, I was a DJ in college. I did college radio. Yeah. He's like, no, like an interactive... Like event. Yes. I was like, no. So he invited me. I started working with them. They, they were the house company for Universal Studios. So I got trained as a DJ at Universal Studios. Unbelievable. My first job as a DJ was DJing in the queue line while people waited to go on the ride for Men in Black. You are kidding me. No. Was there a set playlist for that then? Was it the Men in Black songs? No. I just would play music. I'm entertaining people, a captive audience, waiting to go inside the what building. What a training. Right? What a training. That's where I cut my teeth. Some people cut their teeth in clubs, and I'm so glad I didn't. No. I got to cut my teeth in front of real people hanging out. The great thing about it, though, was 
I'd get a new group of people every 20 minutes because <laughs> they'd cycle through. So they couldn't leave, but you kept getting new audiences. Yes. That's awesome. And so I could recycle my bits, yeah. you know, and things like that. Sure. So I did bits, you yeah. know, and, uh, and then, you know, I would graduate from the queue line to doing special events. And one of my favorite, and we'd also DJ at Downtown Disney. I would DJ over at uh, SeaWorld. I also got a job at the Nickelodeon Hotel as See, an this to me DJ. sounds like a dream. I mean, this sounds like as good as it gets. Well, the thing is, it was was dream, and I also I graduated from the from the jungle from the car, parking lot to the Jungle Cruise. Oh, that's awesome! Disney dream job. Yeah, but the thing about it is, some dream jobs they lose their luster. Were you a, a guide? Yeah, I was. They're called Jungle Cruise skippers. You were a Jungle Cruise skipper. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's my absolute greatest dream job. Well, and here's the interesting thing about it. When I worked at parking at MGM Studios, we were the people on the back of the tram. Yeah. You know, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to MGM Studios. Lower your head, watch your step. If you don't lower your head, watch your language. <laughs> this is a family theme park. You know, and I would be like, sure. you parked your car in Goofy 45, Goofy 45. Yeah. But I turned that stupid tram experience into a Jungle Cruise experience. That's so, so as awesome. people would go from their cars to the entrance or from the... from the exit when they left back to their cars, I created a Jungle Cruise experience on it. How fun! And then I applied for a job at the Jungle Cruise and worked there. I also worked at the Haunted Mansion. Loved that. No oh, way. That it. is so cool. So I was working like three jobs. Yeah. I was working part time at Disney, part time as a DJ, and then part time uh, at Nickelodeon Studio at the hotel. That's awesome. And so. I, I tell people I got my MFE at, in Orlando, Florida, Master's of Family Entertainment. <laughs> you know, it's a three-year degree. I love it. Love but it. I, I, I got to a point where I was like, you know, I'm just spinning my wheels, you know, and I met lots of girls out there through my ward. It was a great ward. Yeah. The Disney ward is great because girls cycle through every four or five Was months. it mostly people who worked for Disney? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so we called it the Disney branch. That's awesome. And uh, I would DJ all the the, the dances. And, sure. And You're uh, the man. That's and I'd, fun. And I'd have a new girlfriend every three or four months because <laughs> <laughs> they had to leave. They had to go home. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. This has to end. Sorry. Next. Yeah. <laughs> but there was this one girl. I was like, I'm going to follow her. We're going to get married. I drove across the country. I surprised her. And she's like, I've moved on. I drove no all the way. No yeah. way. I, I left Orlando, Florida, or, uh, Thanksgiving, right before Thanksgiving 2006. Leave like you're moving. Yep. I yeah. packed up my car and I left and, and I went to her and I said, is there still a chance? And she's like, no, there's not. And I drove to Vegas. Wow. To like be like, let's do this. Yeah. Right? I'm ready. Yeah. And she said, I am um, not. No. It, no, she was, she was with another man. That was it? She was done. So... Did you remind her she was wrong? No. 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 The guy she's with is perfect for her. Gotcha. I was not the man for her. Got it. it you know? You know that now. Oh, of course. But it was but, devastating that but, day. No. It was closure. Okay, good. I was not crying. I wasn't sad. I was like, okay. Yeah. I, I did what I needed to do. Yeah, and sure. this is it, you know? And so I moved back to Utah, and I started my business 11 years ago, Life of the Party. And so I started my business here as a DJ. Um, and but you are not still single. No, I have a wife. Yeah. Now you now you are married. Yeah. How did that happen? 
How'd that happen? Um, Sorry, that sounded really rude. How'd that happen? I, I that mean, was seriously. Not a, that was not a how'd that happen. <laughs> that was, please tell us how that came to be. How did that come to be? <laughs> and so um, there was this uh, girl that I knew at SUU. She and I did improv together. And I did improv at uh, Quick Wits at the Midvale Main Street Theater. Sure. And the funny thing is, before I met my wife, I met my wife. But we didn't realize it yeah. until afterwards. And I... I always remember my first impression of my wife. It was a guy that was in my singles ward. He was on a date with her, and I just did improv that night. And, and you go to the doors, and then you, they, they come out to the doors, and you shake. Hey, yeah. Thanks for coming thanks tonight. Thanks for coming. Hope you had a good time. And oh, then, thank you. You're too yeah, kind. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, you were terrible. Oh, right. oh, thank you. And so Sean's there, and he's like, hey, this is my girlfriend, Larissa. I'm like, oh. And I didn't really think much about it, but I remember thinking... Wow, she's cute. Good for Sean. Yeah. Way to go. And then I see her a couple months later. She's not with this guy anymore. My friend Melissa goes, have you met my my friend Larissa? And then I met her and I was like, oh, she's cool. Wow, she's like in the theater like I am. Yeah. So the first time I asked her out, I asked her out to go see a production of Xanadu, which is one of my favorite Fun. musicals ever. Yes, very good musical. Yeah, I love it. Folks, yeah. go see it. Um, and she said no. I said, why? She's, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> no oh, way, really? Yeah, yeah. So I worked on it for a little while. We, 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 this time you said, I'm not giving up. Last time I rolled over, I'm yeah. not rolling over for you. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm pursuing this. This yeah. is going to happen. So I, uh, I, I took her out to lunch, and I always call that our first date. And she says, no, it was a business lunch. We talked about business. And <laughs> we, were putting, we were co-hosting a Tony's party because we're in the theater. So yeah. we put it together, a Tony's party. Um, but you know, we would hang out, we'd had great rapport and one night I just showed up at her house, you know, it was like 10 o'clock at night and I, yeah. and I said to her, it's like, I think I have a lot to offer you. So I she, don't know why I just pictured you in a trench coat with a radio over your head, like uh, that scene from say anything, but it wasn't that. No, it was a, it was a, it was a, my East high jacket. Yeah. Nice. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to do a call back here. That poorly executed. But you showed up and just put it out there. I'm yep. your man. Yep. And this then is... she broke up with her boyfriend the next day. No way. Cause he was an absentee boyfriend. Okay. So for all of our single listeners out there, <laughs> this does happen. Yes. But it only happens to people that want it. If ha- it's, yeah. Yeah. You, you have right to thing. sense the right vibe. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. I'm not, I wasn't single forever just because I was, showing up on random How old were you day. when you got married? Uh, 35? Yeah. No, or 34, 34, 35. Yeah. And I had been in the DJ industry for years. She, once we started dating, she started getting involved with my DJ business. Mm. And she took my DJ business up another level. She started yeah. helping email my clients, started helping me book my other DJs. And so she was a great partner. And, and I, I, I kept talking to friends and I'm like, well, if you screw this up, you're an idiot. You know, so people kept saying, you know, and she's from a little town in Ohio called Piqua, Ohio. Cool. So, uh, I'm, and I'm just going to fast forward in reverse. Yeah. We, when I went to go visit her town, yeah. we went to her ward. This is the craziest thing. We go to her ward and I'm sitting there in the hallway and you see former missionaries and they had yeah, sure. missionary plaques and right. things like that names. And I'm looking at them and I look at one and I see Patrick, no, Ashton Patrick. I'm like, wait a second. I, he was my last companion on my no mission. Way. From this little ward. Yes, in the middle of P- 
Piqua, Ohio. Oh, that is amazing. Right? That you were together in the Canary Islands. Yes. With someone from Piqua, Ohio. From Yeah. The thing is, he said he was from Indiana because he moved there. That's crazy. When he went on his mission or something. How amazing to make and that so, connection. And I was like, you grew up with my last mission companion? She's like, yeah. And I was like, no way. That's it, like, incredible. It like, blew my mind. So anyway, we were meant That's to be crazy. So, um, so you guys work together. Do you still work together? Does she still work with you? Yeah, she still helps, yeah. And yeah. she's she's a wedding coordinator. But I got to tell you this. We, and, I, and I'm sorry if this offends people here in Utah. Utah weddings are horrible. They're boring. They're, they're, they're constructed in a way that should never be. Because, okay. and I talked to Utah, I talked to Mormons outside of Utah on how they do weddings. Yeah. And it's different. Utah Mormons, and you can maybe say Idaho Mormons, they do this thing, it's called a receiving line. Yeah. Which is, which is archaic, and, but they don't know any other way to do it. They get their parents to stand on the other yeah, side of them. Yeah, it's a long line. Yeah. By the way, I hate, hate the receiving line. And what they do is they invite their entire ward, their entire neighborhood. Because if they leave somebody out, God forbid... They'll be offended. Well, I think you also want to get the gifts from everybody. You want to set up the young couple. Sure. There's that. Yeah. But and but you know what? The receiving line, I think a lot of weddings, I don't even know if they want the receiving line. It's that people just find them and then go, oh, I better line up here. Right. It happens. People in Utah like to get in lines. <laughs> I, why is that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll tell you what I have a hard time with yeah. is like, we may know, we may not know the bride or groom, but we know yeah. like the parents of the bride. Yeah. Then we feel like we got to go through the line. Then yeah. I got to talk to the groom's parents first. Yeah. And the guy in front of me is taking forever. Oh. That's what's so, so hi, we're neighbors of your daughter-in-law's parents. You have this awkward conversation. Have, so where are you folks from? That's wonderful. Long day, right? Right. <laughs> you tired? <laughs> oh my gosh. Can we move right. along, please? I just want my cookie. And so I say, you know, if, if you insist on doing the receiving line, take the parents out of the equation. Yes. Put them, put them somewhere else in the line. Them Have roam. them work the line. Let them roam. Right. Let them be free. So the reason I say that is when we got married, I said to her, we are not doing your typical Utah Mormon wedding. We are blowing it out of the water. Because I worked in this industry and I saw what I didn't like and I wanted to do something different. Yeah. So we decided to 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 book this venue. We did uplighting. We had we got married at the temple, the Salt Lake City Temple, beautiful. Yeah. And then we did dinner with just about eighty guests. Great. And toasts. As soon as dinner was over, we opened up the doors and the reception started. Boom. And that's when you Love invite it. your two hundred other people, right? Yeah. But we did no receiving line. So what did you do? What what was your reception? So we opened the doors. Reception starts. Music's playing. Um, we did a grand entrance, right? Uh, people don't do a lot of grand entrances. Um, our first dance was sung by, I'm pretty sure he's a part of our tribe too, uh, uh, Timothy Cooper. He's from Australia. And he performed at Hale Center Theatre. Mm. That's a... That's not you a, had him there actually singing, or you yes, played? What? we saw him play. Uh, what's uh, uh, Harry Houdini in a performance of Ragtime? Wow! And we looked at him. My wife's favorite musical of all time is Jersey Boys. Yeah, language is not for the faint of heart, but yeah. great music. So she loves that. And I said, he looks like he could play uh, Frankie Valley. Frankie Valley. Yeah, and so. 
I surprised her by getting him. I booked him for our wedding wow. to sing our first dance Check live, you out. which was can't take my eyes off of you yeah you're he just too good, good to, to be, be true. true yeah and so we're dancing and she looks and she's like oh my gosh that's incredible so good he's singing you. it live right how fun and then the the mother son dance i get my good friend adrian swenson who is an amazing performer and if you recognize that name she's performed at hale and i knew her down at su she is the current nurse for forgotten carols what's mm. the name of that character Anyway, I have no idea. So if you've seen Forgotten Carols, she's yeah. the nurse. So she came and sang the song for my mom, for Mother Sundance, which was Carol King's I Feel the Earth Move. She sang that feet. live. Yeah. Great. So this was like a huge deal. Right. It gets even better. Because I told my wife I had a surprise for her. And yeah. I it was one of those like, oh, I can't tell you, but I, I got something really cool planned yeah. for you. So she knew that I was surprising her with something. She had to one up me. Okay. So she gets Melissa, the girl that introduced us, mm -hmm. to find a velociraptor. What? She took a picture of a velociraptor at Comic-Con, Salt Lake Comic-Con. Yeah. A guy in a, but not like an inflatable one, like a legit Like one. really looked like a velociraptor. <laughs> and she goes, give me that raptor's phone number. So they, she calls the raptor. First time I asked, second time I asked her out, I said, do you want to watch Jurassic Park? Because when we met, we were talking about how I went to Hawaii and went on the Jurassic Park helicopter ride. Oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, I love that movie. It's like one of my top movies. And so for one of the first times I asked her out, I said, do you want to watch Jurassic Park? So these are all just Jurassic callbacks. Park and your chill. Whole, your whole wedding reception was callbacks. Yes, Jurassic Park and chill. Speaking of callbacks, we also did what is called the love story. And this is something people don't do here in Utah. What I like to do is I like to get the bride's version of the story of how they met and the groom's version of how they met. And I weave it into a five-minute love story narrative. You do this when you're DJing. Yeah. And it's not DJing. It's like I put you're, on some yeah. music, background music. Sure. I say, today we're celebrating... What was your wife's name again? Vanessa. Vanessa. Today we're celebrating Sean and Vanessa's love. Everybody knows them. But does everybody know the backstory and how it all happened? Wow. Well, one fateful night... Sean was out doing this, and then I weave this fun you story. You weave the whole thing together. Yeah. And it's about a five-minute narrative. That's awesome. So I had Melissa do that for us at my wedding. Fun. She did our love story. Yeah. So anyway, we're in the middle of dancing. Oh, the guy that DJed my wedding? Yeah. Elliot, the guy that recruited me to become a DJ. Unbelievable. So he flies out from Orlando, Florida, Jeez, DJs my wedding. This was a big wedding. Yeah. He, had, he, was, he knew what was going on. Yeah. So we're dancing, and all of a sudden... Dun 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 dun. He's playing the Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park theme. And I I worked at Universal Studios. Sure. So you knew it He's well. playing it, and the doors open to the reception hall, and there's about ten girls running and screaming, running into the hall, going ah! And I'm like, what is going on? And this raptor is chasing them. No into way. it. And <laughs> at your wedding reception. It's my wedding reception. And I have I have I it was the biggest surprise of my life. Oh, that is so fun, Rob. And so what the a way to kick off a marriage. Right. <laughs> Holy cow. The Raptor was with us for 30 minutes, partying and dancing with us. Everybody to this day says, You guys were the Raptor wedding. That was the funnest that wedding awesome. I have ever been to. So I wanted to create this amazing experience. Yeah. So Fast forward to the next day. We're at the montage up in Salt in Park City. Yeah. Beautiful place. We are 
in the lobby. Who do we see in the lobby? The director of Jurassic Park. What? Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg was there. Yes. The day after your raptor wedding. wedding. Yes. Oh my gosh. Right? What are the odds? So I'm standing there with my wife and I, I think that's Steven Spielberg. And then I see his wife, Kate Capshaw, who was in, sure, the, it was in, in Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Right. I was like, that's him. That's him for sure now. So <laughs> I was like, just follow my lead. So we walk, we're walking behind him and he goes into the, the coffee shop. We walk past yeah. the coffee shop. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Don't want to be too obvious. Let's turn around. So we turn around and we walk back and he's exiting the coffee shop. And we run into the, it's like, excuse me, I I don't want to be that guy, but I just wanted to say hello and thank you for your movies. And would it be at all trouble for us to take a photo? And he's like, no problem. And so we start getting in the photo and and I was like, yeah, here's the funny thing is we had a raptor at our wedding last night inspired by Jurassic Park. (laughs) And he chuckles (laughs) and he's like, wow, I've never heard of that before. And we got the I'll photo. Bet he was thrilled. Yeah. And so people are like, what? You had a raptor at your wedding? This is like a dream. Yeah. I wish I could have said it was by design, but it yeah. wasn't. And so, you know, my wife's in the middle, you know, and he's perfect, on the outside. Perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. Rob, this is like all charmed life stuff. This is so great. <laughs> we, we, have, we have just a couple more minutes. Yes, and I want to yes. make sure to get to this. Yeah. Give the pitch because I think especially here in Utah. Yeah. And especially with today's technology, it's, yeah. you know what? We're going to make a, a, a playlist on Apple Music, and we're going to plug in my cousin's phone. Oh, no, no, into, please. Oh. So give us the pitch. Give us the here's why you hire, and or it's, or it's either that or it's, oh, there's this kid in my ward oh, who's gosh. really cool, and he'll only charge us $100. <laughs> so Give us the pitch, Rob, as to why you should get a really good pro wedding DJ. Okay, so here's the thing. I think... We have this DIY culture here in Utah. People want to do it all on their own. But we've been to we've been to some receptions in California and Nevada, right? That are also like this. Though. But you so, also have families that are huge families. Sure. So you got these parents paying for. So everybody is budget conscious, which sure. I get. But think about this: you don't have a chance to do your wedding over again, right? Unless you get divorced and you do it over again. But, sure. <laughs> but all right, some people do. Right. But yeah. But, but you don't plan to. Sure. You know, you know, it's for eternity, right? You plan to do this once. Yeah. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Why are we even doing this writing reception? For a lot of people, it's a formality. They're just like, ah, we are celebrating two people's lives coming together. Yeah. You are doing this one time thing. We want to highlight your love. And so how do we do that? We do that through dance, music and celebration. The pioneers do this. They celebrated. They mm. danced. We need to do that. And giving your guests a half hour of dance is not worth it. You know, because you, what typical weddings are, it's an hour and a half of standing in line, and then you bulldoze through and first dance, dance, cake cutting, yeah. whatever. Yeah, We are celebrating lives. And so a good DJ will structure an evening where you have different moments to capture, either it be a love story the cake cutting, the first dance. But it's not just doing the first dance. So a good DJ kind of really is the tour guide yes. of the reception. Yes. He gets you from point A to point B to point yes. C, make sure you're enjoying it all the yeah. way along. What should someone budget for a good DJ? What's a, <sighs> what's a r- round? I know it's going to vary wildly. It's very, I would say on the low end, 600. On the low end, 600. On the high end, 25. Yeah. That's a huge range. Right, it's huge, but... 
But that's good for people to know that if you're getting a DJ for 150 bucks, you're probably getting what you pay for. Yes. You're, yeah. you're just going to get a guy with a, a couple of speakers and some music. Yeah. And I've heard horror stories where people are playing YouTube videos of their first dance and commercials come on, you know, <laughs> and so they're streaming oh, no. the music. Oh, no. Yeah, and, I've been to a couple of disastrous DJ weddings. And the thing is, not all DJs can even speak on a mic. You want somebody that is articulate, that can yeah. inform your guests and guide them to what's And we didn't get into all the speaking and stuff that you do, but you're oh, a gosh. true MC. Yes. You're a speaker. You're a corporate speaker. Yeah. I mean, you kind of have that full package. And I would say for our guests or for our listeners to really look into that kind of thing, because yeah. you want someone who's going to run the wedding. Right. Because you don't want to do it. Your parents don't want to do it. You don't want to no. be running around going, um, we're going to cut the cake now. Hey, everyone, you don't want to stand on yeah. a chair and have a bridesmaid yep. saying, we're going to cut cake in that, is in that corner. Where is it? And I've been to iPod weddings where I've heard songs played over and over again because they didn't put it on shuffle the right I way. love that. iPod weddings. Yeah. yeah. It, and so it's like, why even put music on? But like, think about your why. Why are we doing this? And if you're if you if your budget is all sunk into flowers and chocolates and things like that, where are the memories made? Yeah. Do you ever go to a wedding and say, "Oh my gosh, that was the best wedding ever. the The cookies were amazing. the The punch was amazing. Uh, flowers were amazing. Like I don't want to downplay flowers and dresses and rings. No, but. You have to complement those things with the right entertainment. I'll tell you, we remember good DJs. Yes. That's the, the other than good DJs, I think the only thing I ever remember are our neighbors, Stephen K. Clegg, just awesome people. One of their kids got married and they had J Dogs cater it. And I just remember going, if J Dogs was catering, I would go to every wedding reception right. happily. Right. Because they make the best hot dogs. But that was a cool thing. And that's unique. But that's unique. Yeah, that was a cool, that was such a and cool And I think Jake Dogs is cool. Yeah. So that's the thing. Do is, something cool that's personal to you. And unique. Right. Yeah. And right. you can do that with music. Yeah. And so, and you take the time to get to know the couple yeah. and know who they are, know yeah. what they're all about. Right. And, and so next know. week I, I'm doing, I mean, we've, we're, we're taping this earlier, so, but by the time you hear this, it's already happened, but May 4th. Mm. What day is that? May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Yeah, and so Star I said, hey, you guys picked a Star Wars the date. You're like, yeah, you know, it just happened and my, my husband likes it. And so I was like, is that all right if I throw in a couple of fun Star Wars songs for you? Oh, yeah, no problem. Awesome. And so we try and personalize it yeah. in a way that gives them something that's unique. And, and people will leave that reception going, wow, I now know Josh yeah, and Megan. Yeah, I know Megan. about them. I'll remember. Yes, Josh and Megan put on an amazing party because our goal is to create what they want. Right. And they may not even know what they want, but they know they want to have fun and create lasting memories. But you can flesh that out. Right, exactly. So if people want to find you, Rob, what's the best way for people to find you? Oh, gosh, I have so many different ways. I have three websites. All right, what's the best way? What's one way that, because people Rob only dot com. And it's F-E-R-R-E, yeah. robferre.com. Yeah. That's the best way to find you. And they yeah. can see examples of all the different stuff that yeah. you do there. And Life of the Party is our, our DJ website for yeah. uh, weddings here in Utah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Rob, this has been so fantastic. You've had such a fascinating life. <laughs> and I'm you. so glad that we got a chance to yeah. sit down and talk about it. We might... Maybe we'll have you back sometime to talk about all the speaking and all the yes. other stuff that you do. It's the second part of my career that but, I'm working on. But you on. really are. I mean, you are the DJ. In fact, that's why you're on TV quite a bit is you go on talking about yeah. weddings and how to be successful. And, and I would really recommend 
that for our listeners, if you've got a wedding coming up, give Rob a call. And just get the consultation. I appreciate it. Yes, do <laughs> well, it. Here, and here's the other thing that I'm doing is I'm taking my my what I've learned as a DJ and an entertainer and turning it into leadership training. Yeah, I'm. I'm and it's great because I'm taking. It's called be the first one on the dance floor, mm. and I'd be happy to talk about this later. But how do we get people to be engaged, and how do we get people to follow? Like it's a challenge, yeah, getting people out there. But you have this natural charisma, Rob. You really do. You have this natural energy that I think people want to follow (laughs) you, and and it's why you're successful in business, and you've been very successful with what you do. It's just awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you for spending this time. We're going to close with the same question that we ask all of our guests. Okay. No right or wrong answer to it. No long or short answer to it. Uh, What does being a member of the church mean to you? To me, it's about community and service. Uh, leaving a legacy of service. Yeah. Um, what I, the reason I'm successful is because of the people that have helped me, who have believed in me. Think about those people in your tribe, and I keep bringing this up. Tribe. I love. We have the different word tribe. tribes. It's wonderful. You know, more. You know, being LDS is a tribe, but also being a speaker for me is a tribe. DJs are a tribe, and so I have different tribes that I glob onto, and. Uh, with our LDS tribe, we have people that bring us up. It takes a village, right? Sure. We have scoutmasters. We have Sunday school teachers. We have bishops. These are the people that have helped us. And so what I can do is pay back to my community by serving, by helping, either by being a mentor, being a friend, by being a, a Sunday school teacher, by putting on awesome activities at my church. But that's what being a part of that— and. I, and if I were to leave, I don't know where I would serve. You know, I, I do serve my friends and I've had people who've reached out to me and mentored me, you know, and people like Jason Hewlett, who was on your podcast, yeah. he's, he's been a mentor, a mentor of mine. Yeah. And, but what really works is when people believe in you mm. and they say, I believe in you and I know you can do great things. And that's the same thing in the church. You see it all the time. Yeah. I believe in you. I believe that you can do more. And so... It's about leaving your legacy of service. And so that's what it is for me. I love it. Rob, you're a very talented guy. I'm so well, glad we're you. friends. And again, people should go check out robferre.com. That's R-O-B-F-E-R-R-E.com. And just check out Rob. And if you're going to have an event, I, I will promise you, you, you cannot do better than Rob. Rob, thank you for coming on and thank sharing you. your Latter-day Life with us. We appreciate it. My thanks to my guest, Rob Foray. What a great, great guy. The more I get to know him, the more I just love the guy. And and hopefully you really enjoyed that too. Uh, this week in my latter day life, uh, I had an interesting experience. You know, I travel almost every week. I've talked about that quite a bit. And uh, I go to some interesting places. And last week, for the first time, I went to Bogota, Colombia. I had never been to Colombia at all. I get to spend a fair amount of time in Central America, but not enough in South America. And what a beautiful place Bogota is. Holy cow, if you get a chance to go, I highly recommend it. Gorgeous city and great scenery. I just love it. And while I was there, I was working with uh, one of our distributors. Uh, Basically, they sell our products down in South America. And, you know, I always love to share the gospel when I can. And for some reason, doing it in Spanish, since I served my mission in Chile... 
Uh, I still say it that way, Chile. Uh, it's easier for me, and I just have it on my mind. And I, I spent the entire day with one of our distributors, one of the nicest guys you've ever met, just a really good guy. And that morning, uh, we were we started working together, and we were talking, and we had to go around to a few places in Bogota, and I knew we were spending the whole day. And when we were talking, he said, boy, your Spanish is really fantastic. Tell me again. I've known the guy for a while. He said, tell me again how you learned it. Aha, this is my chance. And I said, well, you know, I lived in Chile for two years. I was a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You probably know us better as the Mormon. And he said, oh, that's right. I knew you were Mormon. And I said, yeah, do you know other Mormons? And he said, no, I don't think I do. And I said, yeah, well, if you have any questions about the Mormon church, you know, feel free to ask. And he said, oh, fantastic. And then we moved on and I went, wow, strike one. Okay. That didn't spark up any conversation at all. Great. (laughs) And then later on during the day, we finished with uh, some things we were doing and he said, oh, I could really go for a cup of coffee. This is the time of day I always get a cup of coffee. Would you like a cup of coffee? And I said, no, thanks. I don't drink coffee. Did you know that Mormons don't drink coffee, as a matter of fact? And he said, oh, I wasn't aware of that. Not at all. And I said, no, no coffee, no tea. That's part of our Mormon health code. And he went, oh, well, I certainly need one. Anyway, uh, after this cup of coffee, we should this and that. And I went, boy, strike two. That sure didn't work either. And then we went to a restaurant with uh, one of our other work associates as well. And at the very end, they did this celebratory thing because I was a visitor. They put a silly paper crown on my head and danced around and they had a band come out and play for me. It was all very embarrassing. And then they poured us each a little shot. And as they handed it to me and they raised their glass to toast to me, and I said, oh, thank you, but I don't drink. And they said, no, 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 there's just a tiny drip of alcohol, almost none. And I said, thank you so much, but I don't drink at all. And they said, no, 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 you won't even notice it. It's just a quick little splash of alcohol. And it's like nothing. And I said, thank you, but I don't drink at all. And I grabbed my glass of water and tinked glasses with them. And and we all cheered and we got done and we put the glasses down. He said, you don't drink at all. I said, no, actually, again, it's a Mormon thing. As Mormons, we don't drink. And I said, but, uh, you know, thank you so much for all this. And it was all exciting. And I said, yeah, we, we do a lot of interesting things, in fact, as Mormons. And I tried to kick in again. And once again, he said, well, we better get going. And that was it. And that was the last chance I saw. Strike three. Guess what? I'm out. And that night, I was a little bit disappointed. I kind of thought, boy, I really felt like I should share. And what what I realized through thinking about it and praying, and you know, this happens. It doesn't always go exactly as we hope when we try to share uh, our beliefs or whatever it is. But I realized the important thing was for me to train myself to open my mouth about the gospel. That the value there was not whether or not he picked it up, because who knows when that will happen or if that will ever happen on this earth. But the training was for me, and I took those three opportunities to open my mouth. One of the commands that we have um, throughout the scriptures, the phrase is that ye may stand blameless before the Lord. That ye may stand blameless before the Lord. And boy, isn't that just uh, impossible with this earthly life? But we have to do all that we can. And sometimes we get so bogged down in measuring results and measuring, I look at, oh, did my kids turn out perfect? And is my job perfect? And am I perfect? And everything is supposed to be a certain way. But it's not about the end result. 
is it? It's really about what we put into it and us doing the right thing. And that day I did what I felt the Spirit wanted me to. I took three opportunities in Colombia over Colombian coffee at the beginning of the day and uh, sitting in a beautiful restaurant at the end of the day. I took those three opportunities and I tried. And that is what is happening this week in my Latter-day life. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got another great episode for you next week. I get to catch up with an old friend of mine next week, and it's a whole lot of fun. So be sure to tune in then. But until then, please remember, as every week, there is a great, big, beautiful world out there. So go be in it, just not of it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>